All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to It's a Classic. I know, weird to have editing Zion coming in at the top, but past Zion uh, was a little too eager to get into the episode, and you'll see why in a minute, uh, that he forgot to do the intro. So while I have you, just want to say Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Uh, hopefully this is another great year for the podcast. I definitely want to be a bit more consistent about uploading. I know that uh, there were some definite gaps, uh, particularly in this story that Sean and I are about to wrap up. We're finishing off the saga of King Hydric. So with all that being said, the finale of the saga of King Hydric. It's a classic. Okay, welcome back to the It's a Classic Podcast. I'm your host, Zion Lashua, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Sean. Sean, say hi. We lied. It's not a It's a Classic Podcast episode. In fact, it's a Hot Ones episode. It is a hot, steamy episode. No, not, no? not sexy. Oh. It's spicy. Are we sure? Yeah. Okay. We got um, hot wings and even hotter questions. Like, what is the etymology of this word? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're... Bringing the heat already. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Sean's right. So today we are wrapping up the story, the saga of King Hydric, although King Hydric's already dead, which we established last episode, but... Can I give a can I give a recap of King Hydric? Sure, you I'm can. I'm going to read off the bottle. Oh, yeah. So the, to explain what Sean's reading off of real quick, we uh, I was looking into things that reference the legendary sword of Tearfing, which has been central in this epic that we've gone into so far. One of the things was that it's a name of a hot sauce featured on the viral sensation Hot Ones. And so I got a bottle of that sauce. We're going to be trying it today, see how hot it is, and wrapping up the story. So, Sean, why don't you read the recap of Hydric as presented on the bottle of Tearfing's Curse. Odin's grandson once trapped two dwarven smiths. Is Heinrich... That wasn't Hydric. That was Sigurlami, the very first guy at the very beginning who tricked the dwarves. Right. Okay. Odin's grandson once trapped two dwarven smiths, forcing them to produce a weapon that could cut iron and stone as easy as cloth. Dvalin and Durin forged Tearfing. A golden-hilted blade that glows like flames. The finishing touch? A curse, of course. Three evils come to any who dare wield Tearfing, and we've caught all three in this bottle. Habanero ghost and scorpion peppers cut through notes of ginger and herbs with a light citrus finish. Yeah. It smells nice. It smells really good. It does have four peppers out of five. I don't know how hot that is exactly. I don't know the scope. It doesn't smell, smell spicy. It doesn't really smell like, spicy. When you go to a Thai restaurant, it mm-hmm. smells spicy. But this smells, so, like, nice. It might be fine. Also, mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't shake it up enough, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try the Tearfing's Curse hot sauce by Hal Halogi. Mm-hmm. Looks like right. Mm-hmm. This mic is really sensitive. It's just gonna pick up all of our mouth noises. I mean, I could edit out the mouth. Noises. Okay. <laughs> okay. So should we we should start with a wing, right, and then get into the story? Yeah. So if it is really spicy, do you want to just keep going? At, keep eating wings as we're going. I think and so. It we... just the podcast just progressively gets worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of like a hot ones interview. Yeah. But more emotional, right? You get yeah. to the core. And there's a story which is. <laughs> Okay, okay, so let's let's go. I'm, for I'm gonna it. I'm gonna grab a wing. Yep. Okay, going right. in. Cheers. Cheers. It's like sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting the sweetness. I'm getting a little heat. It's not very spicy. Dude, these Trader Joe wings kind of go hard. I quite like the sauce. I am getting some heat. Sweet, just not really one of my favorite flavors. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Oh, yep. I'm feeling it. It's there a little bit. <laughs> okay, so. If you want to, you can add a little more sauce to the thing mm-hmm. while I start and finish up the tale of 
<laughs> of King Hydric. Uh-huh. So. You're just going to have to talk fast when we get through this quicker. <laughs> when we last left. Uh, I added a lot of sauce. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So when we last left, Hydric had been killed, and his son Ingontir had found the slaves who had taken the magic curse sword of Tyrfing, and then killed them in revenge. They were like, they were like fishing, and he killed them. This is all that happened. This is at the end of the final story. You know, I listened to this episode like two days ago. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> it was like the end. Um, no, no, you wouldn't have listened to it yet because the, the riddle one. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, he then returned home and took up the crown. So Ingontir, the surviving son of Hydric, came back and took over the throne. He was named after another dude who's in the story named Ingontir. He's right? named after I think Hydric's grandfather because mm-hmm. I think Hovar's father was named in Gontir. Mm-hmm. Um so but we get a little aside I'm, I'm getting like I'm getting your, the, your the, mouth is like, like salivating you yeah know? yeah so Halad was another son of King Hydric from a previous like marriage not marriage I don't think I don't know if they're ever married mm-hmm. uh, raised with King Humli who was the king of the Huns that was his like, mother's father like, like like Attila the Huns like in Rome yeah, uh, yeah vaguely and also Mulan? Are those the uh, same Huns? The, those are kind of the, um, I think they're the Zhongnu. They are the ancestors of the Huns. Ancestors are? Ancestors of the Huns. Like, their descendants became the Huns. Gotcha. I, I believe. I could fact check that. Wait, um, where are the Huns? I thought they were Asian. But then why would they be invading Rome? It's like, they. I think that, from what I can remember, the Zhongnu were more Chinese Asian mm-hmm. area. And they migrated kind of across the steppe Mongol mm-hmm. area and arrived towards... Eastern Europe, and mm-hmm. then started encroaching on the because the Roman Empire was pretty huge, mm-hmm. so it was encroaching on the border of Rome. Do like does like is Hungary the Huns? What 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 became of them? I don't know. See, these are the hot questions I'm asking. <laughs> these are the hot questions. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So that was a lot of questions all at once. Let's take it one at a time. Hey, everybody, editing Zion here just to answer all these questions about the Huns, which honestly I found pretty interesting, and definitely will be doing an episode on them at some point. So the first question that Sean had: the Huns uh, were in Rome. Uh, yeah, so originally the Huns arrived in Europe in about 370 CE, uh, and they fought with the Goths, kind of like we're seeing here. Eventually, they overcame the Goths and actually ruled for a time, actually working with the Roman Empire. Conflicts between Rome and the Huns became more prominent uh, once treaties were broken, uh, and the Huns, led by Attila, launched a full-on assault on Rome. And these several assaults occurred over many years, and eventually the Huns were pushed back permanently in 455. So yeah, the Huns were definitely a consistent problem for Rome, but at one point they were working with Rome, much like how the Goths had a similar trajectory in their relationship with Rome. Kind of makes you think that Rome maybe had a problem with uh, negotiating peace with these peoples that surrounded them. Okay, next question. The same as the ones in Mulan? So uh, the antagonist of Mulan, Shang Yu, is definitely identified as a Hun, and it's identified as the Hun army, uh, but historically we don't have a ton of records of the Huns actually fighting China. Uh, and what past science said is a theory about the Zhongnu uh, and that the Zhongnu were fighting China and that they eventually kind of migrated and became a different identity known as the Huns. But that theory is not confirmed. So yeah, just a little bit of confusing Mulan rabbit hole I had to go down. <laughs> All right, next question is the territory of the Huns. Where were they? Uh, yeah, they originated in Central Asia and they moved westward. Basically what we were saying. And the final question that Sean had was actually quite interesting. Uh, is Hungary the Huns? Uh, and short answer, no. But the long answer is kind of. Uh, So medieval sources began to suppose this connection, uh, but mostly non-Hungarian sources, and the connections weren't positive. So, like, it would be other groups of people who would be identifying Hungarians with the Huns in a negative light. Later, however, Hungarian historians and scholars would attempt to solidify this connection to give a more ancient and notable lineage to their people, uh, and most likely to justify their place in the new upcoming world and to justify expansion. 
We see this pattern happen all the time, especially in ancient Greece and Rome, where individual city-states and, and civilizations would try to identify themselves with a powerful figure in ancient mythology uh, to give themselves a bit more credence and, and influence. So I thought it was super interesting that that connection continued. However, there's little evidence to back up these claims. However, Hunnic culture and ancestry has become a part of the cultural identity and is being used especially by right-wing political parties in Hungary. So despite the fact there is not a ton of historical evidence to support this claim, there's a bit of an embracing of this culture that's happened within Hungary, especially in the past 10 to 15 years. Uh, what became of the Huns? Uh, after the death of Attila, the empire basically faded, with the Huns becoming absorbed into the cultures and countries that they had once conquered. Uh, they likely didn't all settle in the same place, which is part of the reason why it would be pretty difficult to tie the ancestry of the Huns to one particular area, because since their influence was so widespread, often when the empire kind of fell, they just assimilated into the cultures that they were already living in. All right, that's all I got. Back to the show. So he was raised with King Humli, the king of the Huns, who was his mother's father. Because So Heydrich basically hooked up with this random Hun woman, mm -hmm. and they had a kid. And mm -hmm. so then that kid was raised by his grandfather, not not Heydrich. By his... By... His, his, his maternal grandfather. Okay. For, uh, who's a Hun. Gotcha. So anyway, this guy, Hlad... Sorry, the son's maternal grandfather. Yes, the son's maternal gotcha. grandfather. Gotcha, okay. Hlad, okay. the son. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, was said to be the most valiant and most beautiful. How, how valiant could they be, or beautiful, if they were Huns? You know. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, See, I don't even know if a Hun is a racial group. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I thought you were going to say, how beautiful could he be? And mm -hmm. I was about to counter with, like, mm -hmm. so how beautiful. beautiful could he be? Thank you. So beautiful that all weapons and animals born or created when he was born were also incredibly beautiful. <laughs> so he was just so hot that it spilled into every yeah. other thing. Every other thing that was. Thing born that was... At the... Yeah. Do you know what Sense8 is? It's a show I, yeah, where, I like, eight people were born at the same time, and, and they, they are, are like, linked. cyclically linked. Yeah. And this is kind of like that, but except they're not cyclically linked, they're just all hot. <laughs> they're all just really hot. That's a really hot sword. Yeah. Um, yeah, the swords are hot, the deer are hot, the mm -hmm. rabbits are hot. Everything that was born that day mm -hmm. uh, were hot. Was it on the same day or, like, same, like, minute? Like same it says created instance. when he was born, so around when he was born, I guess. Okay. It just, like, released a, a hot beam. Mm -hmm. um, and he heard, this, this boy, well, I guess he was a man now, Claude, He'd heard that Angantyr had taken up the throne of Hydric, and he wanted it. And he was like, hey, wait, I'm a kid of Hydric, too. Mm -hmm. Going in for another one. I'm going for another wing, yeah. I'll also, I'll also have another one. It's quite tasty. Um, I like it. I know you're not, you say you're not really a fan of the sweet. Honestly, when people, like, hate Hawaiian pizza, mm -hmm. pineapple just doesn't, do, just doesn't do it for me. It's too sweet. That's all right. It's hotter when you just have it by itself. I'll, 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 I'll dip my finger in, get a bit of the sauce. So he traveled, Hlad. He traveled to Angantyr's court and demanded his birthright. Is he the firstborn son? Is, is that why he's got a birthright? Uh, he, he might have been. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah, my, my, I, I kind of regret that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that second wing. So Halad, so Angantyr mm -hmm. invited Halad to drink mead in memory of their father. He's like, hey, our father just died recently. Mm -hmm. How about we like commiserate over he's that? He's going to poison the cup. Uh, something like that. Um, Halad replies... We have come here for something other than filling our bellies. I demand half of Hydra's riches, including the land and the kingdom. So, like, I want half of the kingdom. Oh, sorry. I, I'm, I'm not... The names are confusing me. Yeah. I thought the Hun son came to drink. He did. Oh. Well, oh, no. The Hun son came and... The Hun son came and yeah. then the the actual king's son yeah. was like, let's drink. He's like, drink. no, I'm... I want the kingdom. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a trickery thing. It was like, hey, let's oh, come drink. And then, and you then he poison. murder him. Yeah. No, he's not even... He's not much for tricks. He's just kind of like, no, give me the land. He's, yeah, he's very straight up. And Gontier says that he has no claim to the land, and instead he offers him riches. He's mm -hmm. like, um, how about you get, like, you get some, you get some, like, money, mm -hmm. and you can have a third of the land, mm -hmm. which is in accordance with the laws of bastard children. So, like, mm -hmm. because he's not a, like, a, a real child at, in wetlock of Hydric, 
he doesn't qualify for exactly half. A lot more accommodating half. to bastards than the the world of than uh, Westeros. Yeah, of just being whatever you yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even get the name. You get like a cool regional name like mm-hmm. snow or sand, yeah. flower. So then Gizur, who you might remember from a previous one, he was like the old man that raised Hydric because Hydric's dad hated him. Gizur, the foster father of Hydric, and he was very old now. He thought the offer was too generous, saying that Halad did not even deserve this as he was the son of a slave. Apparently, Halad's mother was a slave. Okay. So the old mentor of the old king is like, Angantir, a third is too generous. <laughs> Give him less. Halad <laughs> um, was insulted at the implication. He was like, so you're saying I deserve less than the, the son of a bastard? Like, I am like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like, kind of awkward. Like, did did the... <laughs> did he do that in front of him? Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I think so. I feel like that's... For the other son, mm-hmm. it's a better look because it's he's not going takes these backs. He's like, well, my t- my hands are tied. Yeah, you know that's how I. Like, these are the rules. That's how I elevate a lot of things at my work when a parent yeah. has an issue. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'll ask my boss. The boss said no, <laughs> and I never brought it up to my boss. Oh, there's, a, there's a really good video. Uh, this reminds me of that of uh, what dentists do when they like leave for a second. Because mm-hmm. often a dentist will just like leave and you don't know what they yeah, like, yeah. they go check something. And the video is like someone like the dentist being like waving to the patient, leaving, going to the room full of like dental hygienists who are just like chilling. Mm-hmm. Goes up and just goes and just does like a <laughs> like a dance, a dance move. <laughs> uh-huh. Then everyone claps a little bit, and then uh-huh. he comes back to the patient. Yeah. And so imagine only nine out of ten of them. I'm imagining you. Oh, because the two. It's like go back into the office. I just like. Exist for a little bit. Yeah. And then I come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was about to, you just leave, do a little dance, then come back. Sorry, boss man says no. <laughs> um, so, Halad left angry and returned home and told his father, whose name was Humli. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I went to try to get my birthright, and they said no. And his dad is like, uh, we better polish our war gear, for the Huns will fight for your honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rested for winter. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. You know, it's cold. But come spring, they gathered an army. And they had every, they recruited everyone who was 12 years and older into the army. That's crazy. A lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Big kid soldier energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they recruited everyone older than 12, but yeah. how much of the army was kids? It could have just been like three kids. And then, the rest <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they're like everyone over 12, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it could have also been like 20 kids in one adult. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And <laughs> that still is everyone over 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, dude, you're really sweating. I was about there. to say, just for some context, <laughs> it's hot in this, in our recording studio. I think it's hotter on that side. I'm like less hot over here. Oh, well, you are closer to the door, I guess. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we are eating hot wings, which are not crazy hot, but you know. It, I mean, it, the spice is fading. I kind of want to just do like a shot of the sauce. How about you save that till later <laughs> in the episode? Um, oh, and they also recruited every horse who was two years and older. I don't, I don't <laughs> they really know. conscripted the horse. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. The horse is like, I'm retired. One more job. <laughs> he's like, all right, you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> he's like, he's like relaxing on the beach wearing uh-huh. sunglasses. With his, with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> we need you back for one more job. I love, I love that dynamic of the one more job thing. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and a colossal amount of men. Mm-hmm. Just a huge army. Mm-hmm. The army advanced into the land of the Goths, but before they truly arrived at Angantir's doorstep, they had to pass the border fortress. So they were going to war to Angantir. Before they got to him, they had to pass through the border, which was guarded by a fortress. I really wish I knew more goth music because I could have just come up with a banger joke right there. Like, give me a second. Okay. Goth music. My Chemical Romance. Mm. You could have called them a black parade. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um... Why, why, where does the word goth, goth come, come from? from? I don't yeah. know. Well, it, for like emo people. Oh, th- I, th- I think that's separate. It's I don't, separate? Think, I don't okay. think it's related okay. to these okay. at all. Okay. Um, okay. So this one's pretty interesting and past science was wrong about this. I will admit that. So the question was, 
uh, the origin of the term goth as it relates to the subculture, like people who wear a lot of dark clothes, interested in kind of the macabre and death. And Zion said that it's a totally different thing, does not relate. That's not entirely true. So goth subculture took its name from gothic rock, which was a British offshoot of punk rock, which emphasized darker tones, and which took inspiration, and particularly their name from gothic literature, uh, which is based around fear, the supernatural, unsettling environments, and is often characterized by being set in places with a lot of prominent gothic architecture. Uh, and gothic architecture, which was originally called that in the Renaissance, uh, was actually used as a mocking description by Giorgio Vasari, saying that this architecture was inferior to the classical buildings that the Goths destroyed. So the Goth people came in and invaded Roman civilizations, destroyed some of their architecture, and then built their own, which then was later being insulted as described as Gothic. So then where do the Gothic people get their names? Uh, this is a bit where it gets a bit muddy. Gothic people were called that potentially based on the Proto-Germanic word gutones, meaning to pour, but that could be entirely coincidental. So despite not entirely knowing exactly where the, Goth the term for the Gothic people uh, in ancient Rome and ancient Europe came from, uh, we can draw a pretty solid connection between those Gothic peoples and the Goth subculture, uh, which is incredible. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool series of connections and jumps and leaps, but it all kind of makes sense and follows some logic. All right, that's all I got. Back to the show. They passed a border fortress, and it was sunrise when Hervor... <laughs> it was sunrise when Hervor, daughter of Hydric, mm -hmm. sister to Hlod and Angantia, were standing upon the fortress surveying the borderlands. So right. Hydric had a daughter mm -hmm. who he named after his mother, mm -hmm. Hervor, mm -hmm. and she was the one who was leading this border fortress. When I had to do Bible study mm -hmm. when I was a kid, my, my least favorite passages were the ones with just names. And yeah. then I was told to memorize them. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm not doing that. This is making me lose my faith in God. <laughs> God would not. If, God, God was, if, a, if there was a true and just God, he would not make me read this. Yeah. Thing, like this, these 50 names. <laughs> How many Josephs could I possibly need to know? <laughs> um, so she, Hervor, saw a cloud of dust sparkling with the gold armor of the Huns like on the horizon. Mm -hmm. uh, she called out to her trumpeter and he bellowed, raising the stronghold to attention. Hervor led her force out onto the battlefield, with her foster father Ormar fighting alongside her. The battle raged, and Hervor and her company put up a good fight, but they were overwhelmed by the sheer number of the Huns. Hervor was killed in battle, and oh. as she fell, her force crumbled. Why didn't she take the sword? Uh, Ingantir has the sword. How, okay, hold on, question. Mm -hmm. Was it common for women to be warriors in, like, in, in, where is this? Yeah, like Nordic area. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. But these were like legendary sure. warriors. That's cool. Um, Ormar, her foster father, fled to war warn Angantir. female war True. criminals. <laughs> um, Ormar fled to warn Angantir. So, I think we can have another wing now. Yeah, I, I'm like I'm not spiced out. No, at all. no spice. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna take a shot of like the sauce itself yet. But I am going to individually like, quote one wing with the sauce and see if okay. that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that's a lot. <laughs> How about I, I'll take a wing uh -huh. and I'll like steal some of that sauce a okay, little bit. Okay. You still have more, but yeah, I have yeah, more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. A little bit better, I guess. I didn't, I didn't take that much. You have to talk more than me, so it's fine. And Gontir. So Ormar arrived at Gontir and said to him, in no brotherly fashion have you been treated, my noble sister. So Ingantir is like mourning the loss of his sister. He's like, oh no, she died. Mm -hmm. uh, Gizor, that old man from earlier, the foster father of Hydric. More land for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, we should take up battle against the Huns. Like we should like take the offensive and go to them now. Oh, they get sure. To us. Sure. Catch him off guard. Yeah. Ingantir 
sent Gizzard. He's like, okay, old man, uh, you go and declare. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You go and declare the official battle and mark the place of it. Seems like a bad way to catch someone off guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just tell them. That oh, yeah, it's not. Me. It's not catching off guard. It's like going and declaring where the battle should be. Uh-huh. <laughs> place it. Mark Did, the place of it. Did Vikings do this? Yeah, they like they 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 like time and place behind Sometimes. the behind the dumpster. Sometimes, I mean, this is like. Um, well, they have, like, a kingdom and everything, so it's less, like, warring parties and more, like, declaring war and, like, the time and place of battle. Sure. Um, mark the place with hazel poles, for it is written that if this is done, the invading army must not ravage until the battle is complete. So it's kind of like an honor code that they're doing that. They, they don't rape and pillage if yeah. you lose. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and unless you win the... Before, in, before you win the battle, you can't do... You can't mm-hmm. ravage the surrounding landscape and then come do the battle. Mm-hmm. You have to just go to the battle first, and then mm-hmm. if you win... You can ravage the surrounding landscape. I thought, that's always, I thought you always just ravage after winning. Because wouldn't you be tired from the pillaging? Well, you, you might not want to fight at all. You might just go and ravage and then leave. Oh, You might not sure. want to engage in a big old battle. But this, like, honor code is like, uh-huh. you got to do the battle first. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This might just be because of, like, Mulan and stuff. But sure. I had assumed that Huns were, like, barbaric. And, like, yeah. they didn't have, like, an honor code like this. I guess that they do. Okay. Um... Or maybe that's just because, like, you know, with Rome, Roman, like, the Roman, the Romans mm-hmm. described the Huns as, like, barbaric as well. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Give them big old penises. <laughs> so Gizur rides within earshot of the Huns and calls out to them and throws his javelin, de- dedicating them to Odin. Um, Halad tells his forces to seize Gizur, but Humli, his father, stops him, saying they do not attack uh, lone heralds. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a messenger. We're not going to kill him. Right. But, like, isn't he the one that started this whole thing? Gizzard, yeah. yeah. He kind of, so, he kind like, of antagonized. Like he kind of deserves to die, yeah. you know? <laughs> he antagonized and then showed up and is just like, we're declaring war on you. And it throws a spear at them and then like, neener, neener yeah. and like runs Four away. o'clock behind the gym. Yeah. Be there, be square. <laughs> um, behind the gym between the hazel poles. <laughs> so Ngantir musters his forces and the two forces met at the Danube uh, Heath, which is just like the area near the Danube. Where's the, I thought the Danube was, like, in India. It's in Europe. Oh, okay. Um, he marched then to the Danube Heath with his armies, a quote, and it was very great. And the Hunnish host... It was great? Yeah, it was very great. It was very great? A great army. Like, he had a large oh, army. Oh, okay. Okay. He, <laughs> it, was really, it was really neat. He marched then to the Danube <laughs> Heath with his army, and it was very great. And the Hunnish host came against him, and it was as great as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of great guys. Yeah, <laughs> with their great friends. The two forces clashed and fought until the sun set and they returned to their tents. And they mm-hmm. did this for eight days. So just like That's eight crazy. days of constant combat and they're being like, all right, sun's down. Pause. Let's mm-hmm. go. That's crazy that that, that happened. That, that Could you imagine work. like someone like killing your best friend and being like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I lost like, the clock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like as soon as the bell rings, it's like, well. <laughs> um, the, casualty, the casualties were incalculable. Mm-hmm. However, however, more men kept flooding in from Ngantir's lands, so his number did not dwindle as much as the Huns. So the Huns mm-hmm. were, like, away from their homeland. They had a number that they had. Mm-hmm. People from Ngantir's kingdom just kept kind of coming up because mm-hmm. they were nearer. Mm-hmm. So he just kept being replenished. Um, on the ninth day, the Goth forces broke through the Huns' formation. And Ngantir saw an opportunity and rushed forth, wielding Tyrfing, carving his way through the Huns, finally in gate, arriving at Hlod, the person who started this whole conflict because mm-hmm. he wanted land. The two engaged in battle, but Halad was no match for Ngantir and his cursed sword, which did him pretty well. We didn't even mention the curse, I don't think. I, I, Because the bottle said a curse, but yeah. the bottle said it, the curse was 
scorpion habanero and, and ghost peppers. Yeah, that's not in here. No, <laughs> the curse was different. The curse it, was. Can you can you describe the curse? The curse was when you take out the when you unsheath the blade, you have to kill someone with it, and mm-hmm. it has to be covered in blood for it to be resheathed, mm-hmm. uh, which has only been bad once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the blessings of the sword is that you will always win if you're able to land blows, mm-hmm. and also any blow will kill someone. Dude, I could go on Hot Ones easy. I'm not an interesting person, so I, I don't think it'd be a great interview, but <laughs> I'm I'm chilling, dude. Yeah, and like, is this really like... This is four out of five chili peppers? Right? I wonder what the Scoville of this is. Dude, it's time to do the one-chip challenge. I thought that that was like a crazy, like, whoa, it's, it's crazy. Spicy. Did you do the one-chip challenge? No, but oh. like, I always thought it was insane. Yeah. But... If this is four out of five, and I'm assuming five out of five is the hot chip. You got to eat hot chip and lie. Yeah. True. Okay. Maybe maybe next episode <laughs> or something. Find some chip. lore about chips or, but, or triangles. You know what? You know what? Egypt and the pyramids. Oh. They were, they were yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah. hot and triangular. Yeah. 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 Um, stay tuned for we're the- We're just pivoting away to from a history podcast <laughs> to, to- History to podcast a, with hot with, things. With spicy food. Yeah. <laughs> um. Which it doesn't even really add that much to the enjoyment. No, it's, of it's more just it's a, it's more it's for just us, a novelty. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's, it's fun. I'm gonna go in for another wing. Okay. Actually, I'm not gonna go for a wing. I'm gonna just I'm gonna take a, a shot of the okay of the hot sauce. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. Okay. He's going for it. He's pouring the hot sauce directly into his gullet. Well, I don't want to swallow it too fast, so I want <clears> I want it to coat my mouth. So it's okay. Really spicy. You want it to suffer, I guess. I'm just proving that I'm built different. True. I mean, the thing it, it's not a visual oh. meat. That was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's got a little kick. Ooh, it's a little, it's a little... Um, this is a visual medium. There's no proof that you did that. <laughs> I could just be lying. <laughs> we had no... We had, like, I know that you did that. We had no wings the entire time. We were just making mouth noises. <laughs> Which I'm going to cut, so no one will know. <laughs> oh, um, You could even just leave out the explanation of the wings at the very front and cut out every bit where we go for a wing, and it could just be a normal episode. Well, it is a normal episode, basically, just with yeah. some hot, mm-hmm. hot wings. No one would ever know. No. When Claude's body hit the ground, the Huns turned to flee and were thus massacred by the Goths. Because, like, a fleeing army is, like, your armor's on your front, the good part, and your shields are facing away. So a fleeing army so always the opposite of a turtle. Yeah. You're, like, up and you're, like, exposing your little belly and you're like, oh, please don't hurt mm-hmm. me. <laughs> um, um, but, like, when you're, like, when you're, like, chasing someone mm-hmm. and you're running as fast as them, you're sure. never going to catch them. Yeah. But I guess they were faster. <laughs> I guess. I guess if there's like there's like more chaos when you're running away. Oh, definitely. Like, and there's bodies on the ground you might trip over and all oh, sorts of sure, stuff. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, uh, the big thing, right, is a lot of these the ancient battles were just formation smacking at each other. Mm-hmm. And if a formation breaks, then you can get in there and actually do some damage. For the most part, you're going to be repelled by shield walls and stuff. Imagine if that's that how like, modern same, wars but... were today. Like yeah. Obama, like <clears throat> message Saddam Hussein out in the desert, <laughs> 4 p.m. Be there, be square. I'll be there with my cursed and sword. And then there's like there's rows of drones mm-hmm. and a little. Children. <laughs> Are they piloting the drones? No, oh, like on the, his, the, on the brown other children in oh, the Middle East. Uh, That's who we're killing. Right, you know? yes, 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 yes. Um, and then Obama's there with a magic sword. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I know I made this joke before, mm-hmm. but wars would be a lot, maybe less, not as just, but yeah. a lot cooler if yeah. the leader was still a part of the war. And I think swords and stuff would be cooler too. <laughs> if Donald Trump was on the front lines with a great bastard, well, I guess our president's Joe Biden. If yeah. Joe Biden was on the, the front lines with a great bastard sword and yeah. like charging into the front lines like Jon Snow in the yeah. Battle of the Bastards, <laughs> that'd be sick. Uh, I'd be like, you know what? 
you've earned the you've earned this war. Yeah, I don't I don't have any moral ob- like objections <laughs> to this war anymore. You've changed my mind. You've changed my mind. Go for oil. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> like, um, his sword can't be sheathed unless it's covered or, uh, in the oil or, uh, of the <laughs> <laughs> Vladimir Putin and uh, Z- Zelensky. Zelensky. Yeah, just like one v one. Yeah, a sword fight. Mm-hmm. So like. I guess it was dishonorable, but most of the times when, like, the leader dies, like, the army kind of crumbles, right? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't a guy just, like, shoot an arrow and be like... I think sometimes they do. Okay. A lot of times, I think... Not a lot of times. But that's often a goal of... Like, like, gro- like flanking parties? Yeah, you're just supposed to get in there to the leader as quick as possible mm-hmm. and get in and kill them. Mm-hmm. Because often the leader is also, like, the general isn't giving orders and, like... Yeah. Move, and if they die, unless they have a really, like well-implemented chain of command for someone to take over immediately and be like, okay, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Often there's chaos, at least enough chaos for you to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, so when him. so when Joe Biden dies, <laughs> yeah. then the Speaker of the House got to, has to take over, no, wield his sword. Kamala. Oh, the Vice President, Kamala, Kamala Harris, I'm sorry. That's and then after job. Kamala Harris dies, yeah, 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 then the Speaker yeah, yeah, yeah. of the House yeah, yeah. takes over. Kamala Harris comes and wields the, the magic sword. <laughs> she's, got, yeah. she's got, you know, dual daggers or something. A yeah, cooler something weapon. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, something that makes her different. Um, so the they were massacred by the Goths. So, and then, quote, such carnage that the rivers were choked and turned from the corpses, and the valleys were filled with dead men and horses. Wait, who, who was massacred by the Goths? The Huns. I thought the Goths were on the Hun side. No. What? Hold what? on. The Huns, it's Huns Wait. versus Goths. That's the whole battle. And Gontier's the king of the Goths. Oh, I yeah. didn't know. That. I thought that was a third party. No. Dude, I'm, I, only two... this, this hot sauce is affecting my brain more than <laughs> there's I thought only, it was. There's only two parties. <laughs> um, so in Gontier, he roamed the blood-soaked battlefield, looking like, finding the corpse of his brother, mm-hmm. who was fighting with him, I guess. Or no, the, the one he killed. <laughs> My oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flawed. Yeah. Um, saying, treasures uncounted, kinsmen, I offered you. Wealth and cattle well to con- content you. But for war's reward, you have won neither realm nor spacious nor rings glittering. It's basically like... That's very poetic. I offered you all this nice stuff, yeah. but war. Yeah. You know? He then turns to his men saying that they are now cursed. Saying that I have doomed you for I have slain kinsmen and the Norn's doom is evil. Uh, the Norn were the embodiment of fate. So he's essentially saying, like, we are cursed now because we have killed, like, I've spilt blood of my own, and that's dishonorable. You think that guy that was conscript was like, I didn't, what? <laughs> I didn't like, sign up for that. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I just blew the trumpet. I'm not related to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not my brother. You're related to him. You're cursed. <laughs> Why are we cursed? Uh, um, and then, so that's kind of the end of, like, the battle section. And funny you brought this up earlier that you were forced to memorize a bunch of names. There is a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just going over to say that despite, like, Ngantir saying that he was cursed, he was the king of Rydot, Ryd, Reed Gotland, Reed Gotland uh, for a long time. Like, his kingdom. He was mm-hmm. king for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. he's, despite him saying, we're cursed, he didn't, like, die mm-hmm. quickly. Um, he was Just mo- that guy that blew his horn. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, as soon as he got home, his, his, he found out his wife was cheating on him. Yeah. As he went off to war. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, with his best friend. <gasps> That's the, the T. How uh, his best friend wasn't anymore? Huh? Nothing. Okay. Sorry. He was mighty and a great warrior and created a lineage of kings, including, like, I, I wrote down the cool sounding mm-hmm. names, uh, Heydrich Wolfskin. Ooh. Ivar the Wide Grasping. <laughs> what? I don't know. He was, he, he was, he wide, I don't know. <laughs> he could grab things. Harold uh, Wartooth. Ragnar Harry Breaches. Uh, Aren't Breaches underwear? Yeah, or like pants, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, Eastein the Wicked, Svine the Sacrificer, all cool names. Uh, so then I actually, this is something that I added recently. I was going into like the historiosity of the battle, basically like, what is this battle? Because it's like a legend. Mm-hmm. So does it have a connection to a battle that we know happened? Oh, sure, sure. Um, so a historian, Carl Christian Raffen, 
uh, believed that it was a legendary retelling of a real-life battle of the Gothic king Ostrogotha versus the Gepid king Fastida. So Heinrich wasn't an actual person? Uh, based on what we have, no. Okay. He, he was just a legendary king or... So basically, like, people that, like, experienced this were, like, retconned it and then, like, made it a story? Yeah, or, like, generations and generations later, they they're just, like, like... They're, like, it's, like, telephone. Yeah, like, they, where they... they knew a battle happened at this location mm-hmm. and they maybe didn't fully remember why. Yeah. And they yeah. just kind of made up a reason for it to yeah. have happened. Or, likely, they had this story of this king and this battle kind of got incorporated into the story. Gotcha, because to... they know it happens and then they're like, oh, yeah, he probably did that. Yeah, that could have been him. Okay. Feels bad for that king who whose legacy is not remembered. Oh yeah. yeah, like the well, this is so the the Gepids were uh, the East, an East Germanic tribe, mm-hmm. and this is as described in the Gothic history of Jordanus. Uh, so I read a, a bit a bit of this Gothic history of Jordanus. It's interesting, but apparently very unreliable and mm-hmm. probably not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but briefly, he described it as there were two tribes, the Gete and the Gepidae, uh, and the Gete had just won some loot and were wealthy and had a lot of land and stuff. And the Gepidae were jealous that their kinsmen were well off without them. And then he does this funny thing where he does like a, a the this historian, this Jordanus, this ancient historian, ancient-esque, I think from year 400 something AD, I think, mm-hmm. was when he wrote this. Uh, he was like, how are they related, you ask? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, I'll tell you. Uh, these three, these tribes were descended from these three ships that came over and arrived at this area. The Mayflower, the... <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria? Those are Columbus's ships. Oh, yes, yes. That The Mayflower is just one ship. Yeah, it's one ship. Thank you for picking up what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there might have been other ships in the Mayflower, but no one knows about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like these two, these kings. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so the, the three ships arrived, and one ship became one group, another ship. And so the Gepidae were from the slowest ship. And he was like, which is appropriate, because Gepid in their language meant slow. Mm-hmm. And he's fitting. he said fitting because they are slow-minded mm-hmm. and stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. how do you know? Th- you mm-hmm. don't know that. <laughs> Um, he's just like casually sprinkling some racism yeah. in his story. He's just like, these people are on the s- slowest ship and are therefore the slowest. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Fastida, the king of the Gep... The Gep- We're the fastest. No, sorry. Fastida is... Th- no. <laughs> okay. Gep- Fastida is the king of the Gepid, oh, the, Gepidae, okay, the slow okay, people. Okay. That's funny, though. I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> that his name is, is Fastida. Uh, Fastida, their king, attacked the other tribes demanding land from Ostrogotha. Very similar. Like, that's why he thinks that this battle might be reflected yeah, but it in wasn't, the legend. it wasn't really a threat because he was going at him so slowly. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm coming. Just, like, slowly bring the sword down. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fastida was defeated and fled in cowardice. But this is regarded as probably not reliable. This other historian, Richard uh, Heinzel, he equated it to the Battle of the Cantalaunian Plains, which is a battle between the coalition of Rome and some Goths versus mm-hmm. the Huns. Basically, mm-hmm. the Huns were encroaching on Roman territory, and the Goths are kind of like the border. They were often on the, like stationed on the border. Oh, we of talked Rome. about this. The Goths yeah. wanted to be incorporated into the Roman yeah. Empire, right? And Rome kind of screwed them over. Wait, then... okay, hold on. How far did the Roman Empire go? Because this this is pretty. Like, this is Norway, like, right? No, no, no. This is like this is this is somehow they've traveled now. I think it's to um. Wait, is this story not taking place in Norway? It's like across from Norway. They like sailed. Like this story is different from the legend. So like in. Germany? France? Yeah, like up in kind of like the coast of that area. Okay. Where like that's where the b- northern border of Rome went. Because they never went up to Scandinavia. Really? They didn't, I don't think so. They didn't okay. get the islands. They went up to um, like England and like mm-hmm. almost some of Scotland. They didn't get all of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so this is, th- this is like a battle that doesn't really take place in the exact same way that the legendary battle happened. Mm-hmm. But they're thinking they're similar enough that maybe this is what the battle's referen- the, the legend is referencing. Okay, so hold on. Just I, I'm getting really confused about this, but this okay. is like actually the history portion of the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so just for... the Huns yeah. were Nordic, 
And then no. Nor- no. No, the Huns are descended from the Zhongnu, I think, which were from Asia. They're like vaguely... Oh, sorry, sorry. The gods yes. are Nordic. Yeah, to an extent. They were like Nordic people who like migrated down into Europe and then gotcha. eventually became a problem for Rome. But I thought the gods wanted to be a part of Rome. They did. Oh, but they rejected them, so that's why they became a problem. Yeah. Okay. This, is, this battle is sometimes regarded as a beginning of that conflict. Yeah, okay. Because Rome kind of used the Goths to fight off the Huns, Mm -hmm. and then the... And they promised them, like, hey, you can be a part of our... Yeah, the the Goths were like, can we get something for doing Mm -hmm. this? And Mm -hmm. they were kind of like... Okay, so then, was Rome's Mm -hmm. main interaction with, like, Asians the Huns, or did they interact with, like, China and, like, the East at all? They interacted with... uh, with China too, like in trade relations, mm-hmm. like they would like trade with them mm-hmm. to an extent. I don't know the full mm-hmm. kind of international relationship between Rome and like China. Are Russians like, Asian? I mean, they they account for like half the Asian continent, right? <laughs> like Russia, like Russia's huge. Russia's, yeah. Um, but I don't. I guess so. But right? it's on the continent Asia, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um. Okay. So okay. Gotcha. Sorry. So th- this is another historian being like maybe this legendary battle is referencing. The Battle of the Cantalonian Plains. That seems far-fetched if that's, like, an important battle. It, yeah, people don't, the the scholarship has not necessarily agreed on what this legendary battle is referencing. This is just mm-hmm. another theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was uh, Flavius Aetius, he was the Roman general, mm-hmm. and Theodoric I versus Attila the Hun himself. Oh. Like, that was the battle. That, Can we do a Attila the Hun? I don't I, know anything about I this. I probably will. Okay. Um, some notable moments that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh Attila had his diviners examine the entrails of a sacrifice the morning of the battle, mm-hmm. uh, and they foretold that the disaster would befall the Huns, mm-hmm. uh, but but they would kill one of the enemies, and Attila was like, good enough for me. <laughs> Just one guy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they would kill either uh, Flavius Aetius or Theodoric, like mm-hmm. one of the two main leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Attila then, he delayed until the ninth hour of the day, which is about 2.30 p.m., apparently. Uh, so the impending sunset would help his troops flee the battlefield in case of defeat. Is Attila like the main... He was Hun? the king of the Huns. Who's... I thought there's another Hun that's really popular. Who's the name of the guy in Silence of the Lambs? His What's what's the dude? What's his name? The cannibal? Hannibal. Isn't Hannibal... He's... A, he's um A Hun? He's from Carthage. Which is... Uh, Northern Africa. Okay. And he was also a thorn in... Yeah, in Rome Rome's side. Okay. Yes. <laughs> he... The Punic Wars were him... That's when he led the, the elephants over the, the Alps and attacked Rome. That's Hannibal. I thought that was the Huns. No, it's, okay. it's Hannibal, the okay. Carthage. Okay, okay. Um, Dude, I know, I know so little about Roman history. I mean, I don't this this area. The Hun interaction with the Huns, I've studied a little bit, but I don't mm-hmm. remember it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting though. But anyway, so he he basically he delayed the start of the battle so that when as the sun was setting, if they were losing, mm-hmm. he could run and the night would make oh, it. Oh, like, sure. He he played to his outs. <laughs> yeah, he was he was like we might lose, so I'm gonna just gonna he like he like uh, he meta gamed the the yeah. war the, the the war meta. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when he was backed into a corner, Attila heaped a, up a funeral pyre of horse saddles so that if the enemy should attack him, he was determined to cast himself into the flames so that no one ha- would have the joy of killing him. So he was going to make <laughs> You a, can't fire me, I quit! Yeah, he, he's going to make a big fire. I mean, that was a Hitler strategy. And if they were running in, he was going to be like, I, I'm going to jump in the fire. <laughs> jump um, on you. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, so Aetius, the Roman general, feared that if the Huns were completely destroyed, the Visigoths, the Goths, which, yeah, would break off their allegiance to the Roman Empire and become an even graver threat. So like, the conflict. They, they, they need to artificially create a conflict yeah. to keep the masses occupied. Yes. Oh my god, this is just abortion. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, like <laughs> the culture war? Yeah, the yeah, culture yeah. war. <laughs> um, so Aetius kind of uh, persuaded Thorismund uh, to return home quickly instead of like pursuing the Huns mm-hmm. as they fled. Mm-hmm. Because Theodoric did die in this battle. Mm-hmm. The, the 
goth leader, but his son was also there. So his son kind of took over and he's like, I want to avenge my dad. Mm-hmm. And the Roman guy's like, hmm, let's, uh, let's pull back. You can avenge him another day. <laughs> Um, so I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So later scholars argue the battle likely took place after the death of Attila the Hun and maybe because often storytellers, right? There's like big figures. Like I want to include this big figure. Mm-hmm. If the timeline doesn't really match up, they'll mm-hmm. be, maybe he's still alive. I don't know. Like whatever. I feel like that happens a lot in the Bible. Yeah. Like yeah. the timeline doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I likely, I actually wrote this down. We'll likely do an episode on Attila or use Jordanus because it's a really long kind of interesting history of the Huns. Mm-hmm. But I will have to really clarify that the Jordanus stuff is really riddled with inaccuracies yeah, and like... Um, uh, some people think that the Attila examining like the entrails was meant to portray them as more barbaric, like, barbaric and like mm-hmm. not in a good light. So eh, more but, like, more like um, pagan. Yeah, but like yeah, yes. So I don't know, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I am interested to know what happens. Th- like, so after Attila died, what happened to the Huns? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, okay, I think they persisted, but just uh, Attila was. At the 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 height of their empire was when Attila was ruling. Did, the, like a did the Huns have like land, or were they just like roaming around? I think they had some land, but I think they mostly roamed. It was kind of like the Mongol type okay, thing, where they had sure. the land. And then, but, um, and then they're they're from the same area, yeah, as the, the same the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had horses and stuff. Yeah, they okay. they are they are similar to the Mongols, I would say, but okay. not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a little section, a little fun, uh, Tierfing in popular culture because mm-hmm. we're talking about the cursed sword. We got the hot sauce right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a demon sword in high school DxD, apparently. <laughs> The anime, the, the zombie, the zombie, yeah, the anime with the with the no, I think scene that, with the that might be High is, School of the Dead. That boob is going in between, or the 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 bullet is going in between the boobies. That might be High School of the Dead. What is High School DS? I don't know. I thought that was also about it. Might be zombies. It it could be. Okay. Uh, it's a has a, a destructive aura, firing a beam that destroys anything in its path, which is like Tearfink. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a holy weapon in Fire Emblem Genealogy of War. Yeah, which you mentioned. Uh, Leaf wields it, I think, or Sigurd. No. I think it's Leaf. Uh, in Genealogy 4, I don't know. It grants the wielder resistance and might, apparently. <laughs> it's like plus two res. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> not, not as cool. It's used as Sigurd's engage weapon Sigurd. In, fi- in Fire Emblem Engage. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, you said that, I was like, oh, that's, that's the engage mm-hmm. weapon. I don't know in the, in the game that it was in, like Genealogy 4, I don't know who I'm, wielded I'm pretty it. sure it's Sigurd's weapon. No, no Sigurd's was a paladin, so he should have had a spear. So mm-hmm. I think it's Leaf's... No? Yeah, I think it's Leaf's weapon, but Sigurd... Is just the the per, the. This is too much. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, and then it was a cursed sword in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And what I thought was interesting was that it's weirdly like bad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it subtracts thirty from Alucard's attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's meant, I think, to be used as a challenge weapon to like give yourself oh, a, sure, sure. a debuff. Uh-huh. Which I guess because it's a cursed sword makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But it's also supposed to make you win a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, well. Alucard is Dracula backwards, so what if he's got the sword backwards and it's oh, not his <laughs> it's just cursed. <laughs> he's holding it by the pointy bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, I have here in the in the section in the um, popular cult section that it was a hot sauce featured on Hot Wings, which nice. I have right here. Nice. Uh, I would imagine there's probably more stuff named Tearfing. Yeah, probably. This is what I could find like, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. for this, and then mm-hmm. and also in general, Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. uh, was inspired by this epic saga of mm-hmm. Hervard of Hervard and Hydric and Hervard and all these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, uh, the riddle contest between Bilbo and Gollum. Was, I didn't know that that was a thing. There's a riddle contest in The the Hobbit where mm-hmm. Gollum asks Bilbo questions, like riddles. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's just a riddle contest. Right. But... The, Is that where the riddle where the person who walks on four legs and two legs and three legs... Does that come from... That doesn't come from Harry Potter, right? No, that's Oedipus. The Sphinx. Oh, okay. When Oedipus goes into... To, when he saves um, Thebes... He saves it from a sphinx and he solves mm-hmm. the riddle. And the sphinx's riddle is Oh, that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then J.K. Rowling just stole it? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just the Sphinx riddle. It's not really like... Oh, gotcha. Like, if a Sphinx is going to tell a riddle, that's stereotypically the one that it would ask mm-hmm. because of the story of Oedipus. Gotcha, like, it's just so gotcha. associated. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for... Oh, wait, sorry. What's the lesson that we can the learn? The lesson is that every celebrity on the Hot Ones is a weak little baby, <laughs> and I would I would, I would, would destroy Hot Ones. I don't know if it's really meant to be a so contest. I'd be so composed, <laughs> and I would answer all the questions... That with, he has for me, mm-hmm. with with no with no detriment. To, I guess it would be a very bad viewing experience if I was just answering questions. <laughs> just be like stoically taking a bite. You're yeah. like, this is nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Gordon Ramsay's like shoving like tums in his mouth or whatever. <laughs> like, oh. Um. Okay, it's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thanks. Is that white people are weak? <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Uh, has there ever been like an Indian? Have they have like Kumio Kumjiani or whatever on Hot Ones, and he's just been fine? I don't know. I don't watch many Hot Ones. <laughs> I just Google they had this sauce, and I was like, "That's the sword. I'm mm-hmm. gonna buy it." <laughs> I fell for your marketing Hot Ones <laughs> or Halogi, the the hot sauce company. They should make a, a sauce for every sword, every curse sword. That'd be pretty sick. Oh, oh I guess or, it's, I guess every sword. It's significant yeah. that it's a curse. Well, I guess the are there any other here. like notable cursed swords? I think there's a bunch of other cursed stuff in Viking lore, especially. Oh, sure, sure. Like I think that uh, Arrow Odd had that. Like he wore like a cursed tunic or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't cursed. I don't know. I just associate it. There's a lot of cursed items. There's cursed mm-hmm. rings, mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. from one of the stories. Um, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, our ranking of the Tear Fing's Curse hot sauce by Hillary. Like, I gave like two peppers out of five. Right. So it's not super hot. Like maybe one. I quite, I quite enjoy the flavor. Sean's not as big on it. I think um, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't like, do you like buffalo sauce? Yeah. See, I don't. Like, I don't like buffalo. So, like, I go on, like, the sweeter, mm-hmm. more, like, I think the problem is, I feel like whenever centric. there's, like, habanero in something, it's really sweet. It's mm-hmm. habanero, like, habanero's, like, a sweet pepper, right? Yeah, like, the flesh is spe- is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, I-, I feel like that really cuts through everything else. Yeah, scorpion, I I'm, thought I'm was like a pretty. I'm, kind of disappointed. I, 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 I thought I'd be, like, sweating and, like, and like I'm, snot would I'm be sorry, dripping. Man. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. <laughs> no, no, it's not even, like, maybe I've just gotten a bigger tolerance. I remember I went to, like, um Buffalo Wild Wings years mm-hmm. ago, and I got, like, the habanero. Mm-hmm. Sauce and I was like, destro- it destroyed me. Mm-hmm. But if this is habanero, ghost pepper, and scorpion, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, maybe like, like sat in the heat and then like cooked away the spice or whatever. Uh, it could have been. It says refrigerate after opening, so I think oh, it was okay. Yeah, sure. It should but be fine. Anyway, I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, check it out if you want. Mm-hmm. I'll put an Amazon affiliate link. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you even have a description. Yeah. I have a description. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little description where you write. Yeah, I write. I, I write. Yeah. I write them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone reads them, but mm-hmm. I write them. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Sean, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. You gonna, you gonna kiss the mic or? Oh yeah. I... A spicy kiss. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. It's a classic podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts, from Spotify to Stitcher to Apple Podcasts. And hey, if you're listening on any of those platforms, why not leave a review? I'd love to hear what you have to say. We're at it's a dot classic pod on Instagram and at it's a classic pods on Twitter. The intro and outro music is by Michael Picton. Bye again, and keep it classic.